This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. I'm going to talk a little bit about diastasis recti today. It is something that people come into the office and want to know more about. Do they have it? How should they proceed with getting back into activity? And those kind of things. So if you don't know what diastasis recti is, it is that splitting of the abdomen right along the center. And it can be anywhere from where your sternum ends, that xiphoid process, all the way down to your pubic bone. So you can have it along that center line. It's called the linea alba. It's that tendinous intersection between left and right rectus abdominis. Um, So that would be your six-pack muscle. And... The other thing to keep in mind is that that linea alba is also that center line that is also a connection point for the aponeurosis of three other abdominal muscles. And that's just a tendinous attachment. So we've got external abdominal oblique, which is the most superficial. So that's actually covering our six pack muscle or our rectus abdominis. So that's really your most superficial outer um, abdominal muscle that we're talking about attaching into the linea alba. And those fibers orient with, if you were to put your hands in your pockets, they're facing that direction. Next layer for the abdomen is the internal abdominal oblique. Now that's a little bit tricky because for the aponeurosis of that muscle, it's going to split. So half of it is going on the front side of the rectus abdominis and half of it of the aponeurosis is going on the back side. So it sandwiches around your rectus abdominis and then it attaches into the linea alba with that tendinous insertion. Behind that is your TBA, so your transverse abdominis muscle. And if you have diastasis and know about it, then you've probably seen that a ton, the TBA and things doing things like TBA holds and whatnot to help with uh, rehabbing your diastasis. And I think it really often gets overlooked when you're focusing so much on that TBA, we forget about the importance of IAO, so the internal abdominal oblique, because it has, we'll talk about it a little bit later here, but it plays a big role in how um, bringing better intra-abdominal pressure to that, that front line section. So you have those, those layers of the muscle. So external abdominal oblique, totally on the front side. IAO, internal abdominal oblique, splits itself. It sandwiches that rectus abdominis, attaching at that midline, both sides. And those fibers are, if you were had your hands in prayer, those fibers are coming up that way. TBA, 
is most um, deep to that and it goes behind. Um, the other thing to keep in mind with those abdominal muscles, rectus abdominis runs perpendicular to the floor and it's only on the front side. IAO, EAO, and TVA wrap around the the torso and attach to some fascia in the low back as well. So I want you not, not to think of it as just a front-sided muscle, but think of it taking its um, importance all the way to your low back. So if you're thinking diastasis recti, think possible issues and dysfunction in your low back as well, because those muscles are also heavily affecting in how we support our low back and how it attaches into fascia and structures or into the low back as well. So you often have these other symptoms for coming from your diastasis that you might not even realize are maybe attributed to your diastasis. You could have pelvic floor dysfunction. You could have organ prolapse made worse by that. You could have hernias that occur that are um, making you more susceptible through your diastasis. You could have um, incontinence, stress incontinence, urge incontinence. You can have painful sex, those kind of things. So diastasis it, most people come in because they they want the aesthetics of it fixed, but it's also going to play a huge role in your function, and you might not even be aware of it. Um, I work with a lot of yogis, and when they want to get back into their yoga practice, there's a lot of things that I recommend to stay away from initially when you have a diastasis that involves crunching and... Um, certain exercises that will make make it worse until you manage to properly um, create intra-abdominal pressure. So if you're a yoga person, things like Navasana or even going from up dog to down dog where you roll over your feet to get to down dog, that is a type of crunch and contraction in itself and that can make your uh, diastasis worse as well. So those are some things that you want to make sure that you've you've rehabbed well before you jump right back into that. Um, With diastasis, one way to look at um, starting to rehab it is not so much by... um, thinking of closing that gap, but it's learning how to let your pressure go other places. So if you are having that widening, that doming, those kind of things when you do, when you go to sit up or you crunch up, those kind of things, think of it as all of your intra-abdominal pressure is coming out one weak spot where that linea alba is. So you want to make sure that your pressure is able to go into all the different areas of your torso in like a 360 degree area. So a lot of times working on better rib mobility and better lateral breathing will help to disperse that pressure in a more 
even manner. So, you know, in a lot of my videos and that kind of thing, I use a porgeous ball quite frequently to warm up the rib cage, get better, better lateral movement, work on the sides of the body. So when we use the cordis ball between the ribs and the top of the pelvis, that is targeting that uh, lateral aspect of EAO, IAO, and TVA, and going all the way back to the low back and doing what we call thoracolumbar fascia release, which is that big dense patch of fascia in your low back that has some attachments into those abdominal muscles. So things like working with tools such as a Pilates ball or Porges ball, those kind of things can be super helpful in getting better movement and breath into those areas. The other thing is with teaching someone how to breathe better, um, you know, people will say, let's diaphragmatically breathe. And not knowing maybe how to do that, they're just going to start breathing into their belly because we tell you to keep your chest relaxed and keep your shoulders down. And they don't know exactly what that looks like. So instead of breathing in a 360 degree fashion, because they might be very restricted in their rib cage and in their sides, they breathe out anteriorly. So they're breathing out through the front. And where do you have that weakness? You have it at your linea alba directly in the front of your body. So that can make your symptoms associated with your diastasis worse. So if you have organ prolapse, um, stress incontinence, uh, painful sex, pelvic floor dysfunction, if you do that belly breathing where you're, you're over and over increasing the pressure where your linea alba is out the front, it can make things worse. So really doubling down on learning how to get good mobility of the rib cage, breathing laterally. If you think of how the rib cage is oriented, our ribs kind of swing down in a, like a bucket handle fashion. And you want to think of those ribs as swinging out into the side. So that lateral movement, think of, think of the lower ribs because they don't circle all the way around those um, false ribs or the N2 or their floating ribs. Think of breathing into that posterior side, breathing into the back side where we tend to get bound up. Um, that is really a key place to start. So Initially, if somebody comes in with diastasis and we're like, oh, we're going to work on breathing, it doesn't sound very exciting. It does not feel like they're, they're going to get that goal of maybe aesthetically bringing that back. But it's going to give you your function back quicker by addressing um, better overall pressure management of, of the core. And there's lots of different tools out there. There's a core 360 belt that I've used in the past. It's um, an elastic belt that you wear around your waist, not a supportive thing. There's knobs in it. So as you inhale and you're trying to expand 360 degrees, you're looking for the pressure in the front and the back and making sure you feel equal pressure in those four ball things that are in the belt. Um, if you don't have one of those belts at the office, I'll just have somebody put a um, 
yoga strap around their rib cage, have them do their breathing. And I want them to be aware of how it's uh, tightening. So if you're only feeling the tension in the front, you know, you want to try to try to breathe laterally into the back. So that's a good uh, tactile cue to see how how am I breathing naturally? How am, how what are my tendencies? That kind of thing. And I'll even have people wear it when I used to teach in person a yoga class. I would have students wear it for the whole class. And when you're in different uh, yoga poses and you're twisted and perhaps not maybe holding your breath or not breathing fully and thinking of that 360 breath. It's a nice cue throughout a class to see where is my breath going. Um, So rib mobility and proper breath is definitely the starting point for um, where I like to go for diastasis issues. And I am working on a six month course coming up here at the end of the summer to be a core to floor restoration. So working through the consistency of um, breath work and core and mobility to address um, diastasis recti, pelvic floor dysfunction, and um, uh, C-section rehab. They're all very tied together. Now, I've talked a lot, it seems like, in this episode so far about diastasis for post-pregnancy, but I don't want to uh, neglect the fact that it is not a pregnancy problem all the time. You know, two-thirds of pregnancies have diastasis, and they, you know, some repair on their own, some need this kind of rehab to fix, and... um, but it's not just for pregnant or postpartum moms. You know, there, I have lots of men that have uh, diastasis recti issues. You know, it could be from gaining weight too rapidly. It could be from lifting things too heavily. It can be from having that lack of rotation or, you know, we do, we tend to be linear movers and moving front to back all the time. And we don't have great mobility here. So if this is bound up and your pressure only has one place to go and you exert yourself really intensely like by lifting something very heavy, you can have that, that splitting of the linea alba down the front. So it's definitely not just for postpartum moms and it's not just for women. I see it in, across the board. I myself was really into working out and didn't do it symmetrically uh, when I was in undergrad and gave myself a a small diastasis from doing improper uh, core work. And you can definitely heal that up on your own. And one thing also I would like to point out is that most babies are born with diastasis recti. That's just kind of how how they come out. And they all, almost all, I'd say, I don't even know what the percentage is, but almost all of them resolve that on their own by how they develop and move throughout, you know, going from not being able to pick up their head, not being able to roll over, 
not being able to crawl, all those um, movements that they learn, rotational stuff, um, learning to come into that dead bug type of position, coming into bear pose, coming into oblique sit, those kind of things. Uh, That is how they rehab themselves just by the nature of learning to move. So a lot of the ways that I uh, work with patients in the office is by mimicking what babies do to rehab their own diastasis from birth. And that is a lot of uh, what DNS is. Dynamic neuromuscular stabilization is a type of um, rehab technique based out of prog that we use in the office. And um, it works really well. And it, it goes by that, that theory of breaking down movement and working through those developmental patterns to give the best movement possible. So babies can do it. If you've done it once already in your life, you can definitely get better uh, movement and intra-abdominal pressure uh, twice in your life. So I wouldn't be too discouraged, especially to some people say, oh, it's been five years. It's been 10 years since I've had this. It's too late. It's not too late. You can always make good change and you can work on your breathing and work on better rotational stuff in your in your rib cage and work on um, distributing that pressure better. Uh, another thing to look for with diastasis is that if you have a diastasis, it means you have a pressure problem in your abdomen. So it makes you more apt for, again, I said the low back issues, pelvic floor dysfunction, stress incontinence, um, all those things, but also hernias along the abdomen. So if you have a pressure issue in one place, you, you've really got to address it or you're going to probably end up with some kind of symptom that you might not even think is associated with, with it um, down the road. Another thing that I didn't mention earlier would be, how do I know if I have a diastasis? You can go to a provider and get assessed by them, or you can lie on your back. You can locate your linea alba. So you come to the bottom of your sternum and then you palpate or with your fingers down along that center line. And what, what a provider is looking for when they're, when they're assessing it is, um, finger width space between each side of your rectus abdominis. So, you know, we measure it one, two, three finger widths wide, and then we're measuring it finger widths deep. Um, And we're trying to also assess the tensegrity or the um, strength of the linea alba. Is it, what is the, the texture of it um, and how, strong does it feel to accommodate an increase in pressure at it? You can also have them do a, a crunch up and that is going to show us how they accommodate that pressure is their doming. So that would be doming or coning is where it bumps up at a different point. And you're going to assess all the way down the linea alba looking for any 
abnormalities at that center line. And so that is how you assess for diastasis recti along that center line, seeing um, the tensegrity of the linea alba, finger widths across, finger widths depth-wise. And the goal isn't to necessarily close the gap, but it's to be able to better manage pressure and work with how that linea alba holds up against pressure pushing against it. So we're trying to improve the tensegrity, maybe not so much close the gap. And that is going to give you a lot of functional benefit and maybe clear up your low back pain, pelvic floor dysfunction, incontinence, those kind of things, prolapse, but also prevent it from happening. So once you've assessed yourself, discovered you had a diastasis issue, discovered you do have a diastasis issue, then you look towards the better breathing, better the rib cage mobility. Next step is working to activate and use your other abdominal muscles, the transverse abdominus, the internal abdominal oblique, and the um, external abdominal oblique. And we'll, we'll get into those exercises through the course I'm putting together, but I do have uh, stuff on my Instagram and TikTok and uh, just our private group for Just Breathe on Facebook that goes through things like um, activations and mobility and the whole gamut. So I'll have it kind of in a nice, neat little package with our course, but you can find that information through um, my social media. And, you know, I really hope that if you think that you have something going on, you can also reach out to a provider because this is in no way diagnosing you because I can't see you myself or anything like that. So if you think you have an issue and you're having symptoms, you should definitely get assessed. So again, this doesn't replace assessment, but just giving you more information and maybe looking at diastasis recti through a different lens. Because sometimes when you're going to your PCP or your OBGYN, they're not super well-versed in the rehab aspect of what that looks like. And there's lots of different schools of thought on how to address those issues and, you know, there's not a ton of great research out there. So it's kind of trial and error and what works best for your patients. And every body is a little different. So just wanted to give you another resource, another lens, again, to look at the diastasis recti and how it can affect so many different aspects of your body and not just the aesthetic uh, aspect because aesthetics are always nice. I like to look nice, but not being able to pick up your kid because your low back is spasming or not have, being able to jump on a trampoline because you're having leakage is also depletes your quality of life. And one thing with this podcast is I want it to increase people's quality of life and let them return to the activities that they love. So if this is holding you back, I want to give you some 
options and some tools and let you know that it's not too late, even if it's been a couple decades to address this kind of stuff. So if you have any topics that you'd like covered down the road, let me know. I'd be happy to talk on it or find someone to interview that is a more of an expert on the issue. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.